Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Final segment of today's episode. Episode number 129. Can you believe that you and I have been hanging out for 129 episodes? Thank you. Thank you for tuning into this program each day. Would you do me a favor? If you've thus far been impressed by this program or if you've enjoyed hanging out with me each day, letting me ramble on about the various stories of the day, sharing my opinions here and there, if you find value in this program, would you invite some of your friends to listen? Invite your parents to listen? Your siblings? Maybe your children? I'd like to grow this family that we've got going on here. Uh, and, and I consider you family. I spend all this time with you each day, rambling in your ear. And I so appreciate the feedback I get from you via the Utah Community Credit Union text line and via Facebook. And some of you know me personally. I get text messages and phone calls, and we have great discussions, uh, supplemental discussions, uh, which bring even more to uh, what we're able to discuss here on the air each day. So if you wouldn't mind, and I know it's a shameless invitation, it's a shameless plea, uh, would you tell your friends about this program? I'd be honored. Thank you so much. Uh, in this final segment, we're going to look back at history, and we're going to do so from the floor of the United States Senate. In 1963, April specifically, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. wrote a letter from his jail cell at the Birmingham jail where he and a handful of other protesters were being held after a series of protests in boy and boycotts in Birmingham, Alabama. And that was all designed to put pressure on the business community to end some of the discriminatory hiring practices. Dr. King wrote uh, in response to an open letter led by eight white clergymen from Alabama urging him to abandon his efforts in Birmingham, calling his protests unwise and untimely and criticizing him for being an outsider coming in to agitate in Birmingham. Dr. King was so immediately moved by that open letter sent to him by those clergymen that he took a pen and with the paper, the newspaper upon which the, uh, the essay was drafted, he, Dr. King, in the margins, commenced writing his response. Now, on the floor of the U.S. Senate just today, a handful of senators together uh, read, uh, portion by portion, this letter in its entirety. And before that reading began, Representative Tim Scott uh, Senator Tim Scott of South Carolina discussed the importance of reading this letter right now. Although COVID has delayed this now annual reading of Dr. King's letter, it has truly never been more important than it is right now. I want to thank all of my colleagues from both sides of the aisle for reading today and Senator Jones for putting this together again. Every time we hear them, 
the words of Dr. King teach us something new. I hope the nation hears these words with an open mind and an open heart, and we all come together unified for a bigger purpose. You heard Senator Scott there mention Senator Jones and others. The others in this group of uh, senators reading Sherrod Brown, Tammy Duckworth, John Kennedy, James Langford, and Senator Mitt Romney. Now, I don't have time to play the entire letter. It's a long letter. I invite you to uh, track it down and read it for yourself. But I want you to hear at least a bit of what Senator Romney read. Uh, here, here's a first segment of his reading from the floor of the United States Senate just today. From Birmingham Jail by Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. I had hoped that the white moderate would see this need. Perhaps I was too optimistic. Perhaps I expected too much. I suppose I should have realized that with few members of the oppressor race can understand the deep groans and passionate yearnings of the oppressed race, and still fewer have the vision to see that injustice must be rooted out by strong, persistent, and determined action. I am thankful, however, that some of our white brothers in the South has, have grasped the meaning of this social revolution and committed themselves to it. They are still all too in, quality, in quantity, but they are big in quality. Some such as Ralph McGill, Lillian Smith, Harry Golden, James McBride Dabbs, Anne Braden, and Sarah Patton Boyle have written about our struggle in eloquent and prophetic terms. Others have marched with us down nameless streets of the South. They have languished in filthy, roach-infested jails, suffered the abuse and brutality of policemen who view them as dirty, expletive lovers. Unlike so many of their moderate brothers and sisters, they have recognized the urgency of the moment and sensed the need for powerful action antidotes to combat the disease of segregation. Senator Romney continued reading from his portion of uh, the Dr. King letter, the letter drafted from Birmingham uh, jail. Senator Romney continues. Let me take note of my other major disappointment. I have been so greatly disappointed with the white church and its leadership. Of course, there are some notable exceptions. I'm not unmindful of the fact that each of you has taken some significant stands on this issue. I commend you, Reverend Stallings, for your Christian stand on this past Sunday in welcoming Negroes to your worship service on a non-segregated basis. I commend the Catholic leaders of this state for integrating Spring Hill College several years ago. But despite these notable exceptions, I must honestly reiterate that I have been disappointed with the church. I do not say this as one of those negative critics who can always find something wrong with the church. I say this as a minister of the gospel who loves the church, who was nurtured in its bosom, who has been sustained by its spiritual blessings and who will remain true to it as long as the cord of life shall lengthen. When I was suddenly catapulted into the leadership of the bus protest in Montgomery, Alabama a few years ago, I felt we would be supported by the white church. I felt that the white ministers, priests, and rabbis of the South would be among our strongest allies. Instead, some have been outright opponents refusing to understand the freedom movement and misrepresenting its leaders. All too many others have been more cautious than courageous and have remained silent behind the anesthetizing security of stained glass windows. In spite of my shattered... We have to listen to today, but here's my invitation to you. Track down this letter. 
I want you to read in its entirety the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. letter from Birmingham Jail. It has been uh, reprinted and distributed the worldwide uh, ever since it was first drafted in the 1960s. And this exercise today on the floor of the United States Senate is an admirable one. I like that there are Democrats and Republicans of varied races together standing shoulder to shoulder and in turn reading portions of this letter. It's good both in symbolism and in practice. I'm not sure under what other circumstances this group of senators would come together and work on something together and even something so simple as writing a letter, reading a letter, I think there's great value in that. If nothing else, it reminds us to go look up the letter and read it for ourselves. It's a good one. Do that. In fact, I think maybe tonight, uh, instead of reading Roald Dahl, we've been reading BFG uh, to little baby Piper as she goes to sleep. Maybe we swap out a little bit of Roald Dahl tonight for a letter written by Dr. Martin Luther King. That's what I'll do tonight. Maybe you'll do the same. Thank you so much for your attention here during this episode of Live Mike. I'll be back tomorrow at 1230, of course, where you and I will comb through the issues of the day. If you've got any suggestions or anything you'd like me to cover, 575-00, the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Now, time for Jeff Kaplan and Jeff Kaplan's Afternoon News here on KSL News Radio.